Welcome to Monuments and Movements. On today's episode, we discuss censorship and media narrative. What does this mean for our freedom and how you can navigate the noise to find the truth? Let's talk about it. Well, welcome to the Monuments and Movements podcast, where we talk about culture and how you as an individual have the power to shape it. My name is Justin, and I'm here with my man, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Yo, Kenny, how you doing, man? I'm glad to be here. Here we go. Yeah. Glad to be here. There's a lot, a lot going on um, still. Who knew for a cultural commentating uh, podcast, we'd be talking so much about the political realm, but hey, someone's got to do it. Yeah, man. You, you'd think it'd be close to over with the last week of the presidency, but seems like it just keeps getting turned up more and more. Right. Um, well, hey, let's get into it. Speaking of getting turned up, <laughs> how about everybody's favorite C word this week? Censorship. Ooh, censorship. Um, censorship. Who, what, and why? Um, so a lot going on with that. Um, Twitter, Facebook took a lot of a lot of action. Um, I think I'll research the exact number, but a lot of a lot of people outside of um, President Trump were actually removed from from those platforms. Um, but there's a lot going on. A, a, a lot of you know, a, a more of a deeper thing going on as, as usual. We like to try to break it down to the individual. Um, but you you want to break down censorship a little bit so we're all on the same page as we get we get into this topic. So censorship. Are we being censored? Who is censoring us? Is this censorship, or is this private companies being allowed to do their things? Mm. Let's. Uh, I guess we'll talk about that all today. What is censorship? If I had to define censorship, I would say that it is trying to control the flow or the source of information. It's trying to, it's someone taking control of information in order to influence or control basically the way someone thinks or really trying to help steer a culture in a certain direction through, uh, through specific use of, of media information and only allowing certain bits of information to get through. Wow, I guess that's what I would call it. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of things to break down here. Uh, you kind of mentioned the the, um, the kind of private company aspect of it. Um, you know, just put put things in perspective. Twitter removed over seventy thousand accounts. Over seventy thousand. I didn't know it was 70, that many. Seventy thousand accounts. Wow. Um, so there's there's a lot you know there there's a lot to that and there's a lot of um, a lot of people are are worried about the 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 you're really seeing the the control of of the media you know I really feel I personally just kind of on a personal anecdote uh, um, as we get into it I, I really feel like this is it almost feels like this is something that that uh, Mr Dorsey and and uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, Mr. Zuckerberg, and and uh, the gentleman over at Google as well, were were kind of waiting for. Um, it almost seems like they were, they were waiting for it, waiting for it, and then it's just like boom. And then, I think I even saw Jack Dorsey release a statement saying something about how he was kind of like it almost sounded reminiscent of what your parents used to tell you after they spanked you, like I I didn't enjoy it as much as you didn't enjoy it, but. It had to be done. That was kind of his reaction to having to uh, ban President Trump for life, along with about seventy thousand other accounts that were removed. Um, 
but there's a lot going on here there like we said there's the uh the private sector aspect of it um i think what was interesting is is a lot of people there's a mass exodus from some from twitter to parlor i think i made like three or four different maybe five um different either um social media accounts or um kind of secure messaging accounts or something like that to to kind of migrate away from the other platforms that I'm using just in case. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of talk, a lot of people on the far side of the spectrum, you know, what's next. Um, obviously, the big topic of discussion here is not just the removing of the accounts, but if, if Twitter can just, Twitter and Facebook alike can just uh, wipe the slate clean, um, you know, when you control the flow of information, when you control what people read and watch and over overall uh, digest, um, it gets really interesting. Um, yeah, Much pretty great power or great responsibility. Yep. Uh, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben, baby. So, yeah. So, so let's kind of go back. What What is the uh, obviously the cause of this is uh, while while uh, certain politicians in in D.C. kind of move to uh, try to impre- impeach the president again. Uh, six days before before uh uh president-elect biden swears in um the censorship stems from the attacks on the capitol which we talked ab- about on the last podcast and and the potential of the president's um you know, involvement of it and twitter kind of took it um took it upon themselves to permanently remove the president of the united states the president of the free world that's a pretty big statement um, when social media has more information, more influence on information than the president, it starts to get a little, yeah. a lot. I won't even sugarcoat it. It starts to get a, a pretty worrisome. Do you think they should have blocked him? Um, personally, no. Uh, I, I read another article today that I wish I would have would have uh, had it so I could point people to read to it. But it was saying that actually, uh, investigators who are looking into the the uh, I don't know if it was the FBI people who are actually helping make the arrests. Um, believe they're finding more and more evidence to suggest that um, the riots were planned outside of Trump supporters um, not being Trump supporters and they're finding more and more evidence to support that the president didn't make those claims inciting violence um, but it's it, I, so no I don't think he should have been banned I yeah. think um, at watching the the um, the impeachment caucus or, or or whatever it was the um watching everybody go back and forth there was a lot of quotes and and uh i saw that you even took some down a lot of co- quotes from a lot of well-known democrats even that were if taken out of context i'm sure could have sounded worse than anything that the president suggested on on uh january 6th so i i personally don't think so um at the same time <clears throat> It, it's catch twenty two because Twitter is a private sector. They they are, but um, it it becomes very much. You hear people all around um, from communist countries. They there's always comments on these posts. Of people saying this is exactly what happened in this country. This is exactly how it happened in China. A lot of people are comparing it to um, how Hitler controlled the the media and what everybody thought about in Germany and and that narrative and. That's getting you know to the extreme side, but it's definitely um, definitely worrisome when they start when 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 big tech starts to um, 
you know, anything that has President Trump on it or any kind of election va- uh, results or vaccine results or anything, there's always this handy-dandy fact check from somebody who isn't even the government. Um, so it, it gets fishy. It gets fishy. But um, so, yeah, again, just just backtracking it. Yeah, stemmed from the Capitol riots. Uh, there were some accusations that the president incited violence. And I think before even Congress started to vote on it, um, uh, President Trump and a lot of others were banned from Twitter. So um gets crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. I feel like for the last four years, there's been this war between Trump and the media. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it, media, but also looking in government, there's been this big war between him and the left and the Democrats. And it feels like there's just been four years of nonstop mm-hmm. just war. But it's always seemed like no matter how bad it's gotten, they've never gotten a leg up on Trump until these last two weeks. I feel like these last two weeks are really the first time where they've gotten some sort of taste of victory, you know, which is why when you look and they're trying to impeach him a second time, six days mm-hmm. before he's out. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that is just, hey, we finally got him. We're going to milk this for, for what we got. You know, but is it really in the interest of the people? Mm-hmm. Is all this, you know, what what does all this mean? You know, and censorship really, I think, has to do with the flow of information. Right. What information, what spend do you put on the information and who gets to hear it? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, you brought up a lot of the quotes that Trump had said during his speech that people are accusing him of inciting riots over. Mm-hmm. I read over it quite a few times and... I think it's a bit of a stretch, you know, to his his words were definitely pretty fire. You know, they're getting people riled up. You know, he was saying things like, you know, if we don't fight now, you know, we're gonna lose our nation. Right. You gotta step up and fight, you know, we're gonna go march over to Congress. Uh he did at one point or maybe two a, a few times in the speech say peaceful, you know, no violence. Right. But his rhetoric was pretty strong. You know, I'm yeah. not going to say it wasn't. Was it riot inciting? Well, we talked a little bit about that mm-hmm. last week. You know, when you're a kid and you're hanging out with your friends and you get in trouble for doing something dumb with them, you come right. home yeah, and use your excuses. Well, you know, my friend said to do it or right. they said to do it. And what's the thing your mom always says? If your friend wants to jump <laughs> off a bridge. Or a bridge, yeah. Are you going to do it? Yeah. Right. So we're, we're taught from a very young age. We understand right. the concept that we are responsible for our actions. Mm-hmm. Right. So even though Trump's speech was, was pretty heated, you know, to, to put responsibility 100% blame and blame him for everything. Right. I mean, they, they have blamed him for a lot of the riots that happened throughout the year as well. Right. Um, you know, I, I, just, I think that's us as a culture not taking responsibility for the culture. You know, we're trying to put the blame on Trump. But sure. I actually took some quotes because this is part of what I want to demonstrate about censorship and sure. about the power of the control of information mm-hmm. and why this is important. So, you know, we all heard Trump's speech last week about the riots. Now, I'm going to read some of these quotes, and I want you to tell me who you think they're from. So here's the, here's the quote. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. 
Oh, man. Do you feel like that is a call? Okay, so I guess gauging that according to what Trump said, do you feel like that is on the same level as what Trump said? Do you feel like that's a little more insightful? Okay. Um, as long as there needs to be unrest in the streets. Oh, there needs to no, be. There uh, needs to there be, needs unrest, to be in the unrest, streets unrest in the streets for, for as long. long as there's unrest in our lives. I, I feel like that is a little more. Okay, so more. So here, your scale, like your scale is more, the same, or less. I feel like so that one. You feel is more. I feel like that's more. Okay. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. Everyone beware, because they're not going to stop before election day in November, and they're not going to stop after election day. And everyone should take note of that on both levels, and they're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not. That one is... That one's just kind of scary. Maybe the beware part. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that... It's hard. See, I wish... See, me being an honest person, I wish I had Your more... Your unbiased opinion. More context. <laughs> um, but there's other people who don't. Uh, this is specifically discussing the protests back in like summer happening over the summer. Um, yes. George Floyd protests and BLM. I feel like it wasn't until until this person grouped themselves with this group. Uh, okay, so but it, it until not, the last two two little phrases and they shouldn't or, or and they should not. And They're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not. She's addressing the protesters. I feel like that is inciting. More or less, or the same? I, I want to say more. I'm trying not to be biased, <laughs> but I want to say more. I'd say that's probably the same, maybe a little less. Maybe a little less? I don't know. It's pretty close. So that was Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this one goes, and in order to do away with that crown jewel, they're doing away with children being with their moms. Right, this is particularly talking about the situation with children at the border being taken from their parents, which is a big deal. You're right. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be when people realize that this is a policy that they defend. Mm, I feel like less. Less. That's just a nasty thing to say, but I feel like less. Okay. I would agree. That is Nancy Pelosi, Democrat Speaker of the House. I think they even quoted that in, in Congress when they were going back and forth about the impeachment. So talking about the flow of information, someone quoted it, and then the media went after them for quoting it, but they didn't realize that they it was Nancy Pelosi. Anyways. Got him. You think we're rallying now? You ain't seen nothing yet. Already you have members of your cabinet that are being booed out of restaurants, protesters taken up at their house, saying no peace, no sleep. If you see anyone from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd and you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Um, it might be either just as or more. I, I'd say more because that is a direct call. That's direct <laughs> and it's pretty specific. Yeah, it's saying... You're not welcome anywhere. You go create a crowd. You push back on them. And this was in response to people being harassed at restaurants. Right. And that was Maxine Waters. Okay. Last quote. The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. 
Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and it grows. To the folks who complain, protest demands make others uncomfortable. Well, that's the point. Less. I just say less. I would say maybe the same, maybe a little less. But that was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman. Hmm. So, you know, obviously these were selected from one specific side of the aisle. Sure. But the the purpose of that being is that you could, it's pretty obvious, I think, to anyone who's intellectually honest, whether you're on the left, whether you're on the right, conservative, liberal, right. that there is a clear slant in the way that information is presented to you. Yeah, and, and I think even as we're diving deeper into this, um, just to put it frankly, I think if you are watching everything being said now and you watched everything being said over summer, um, you have to be, I'll say, not very smart to to think that there's not some kind of game going on here. Yeah. Because even the way people have switched their language from over the summer, people referring to the the looting and the fires and the destruction that we saw. Um, these peaceful protesters, we heard people, um, and, and the the opposite side of the aisle would be sure to accentuate the rioters. Yep. And now the script is 180 degrees flipped. Now you have the left calling them. The insurgents. The insurgents, the rioters, the terrorists. The domestic terrorists. And the right. Yeah. Giving, you know, calling the and, and and you have to be not very smart. You have to be pretty dumb to look me in the face and say there isn't, this isn't a game going on here. Like yeah. everybody involved in this knows exactly the game plan. Yeah. That's going on when it comes to, I know we're not really, really focusing on the, the protest, but when we're talking about the language and. And, uh, you know, what caused President Trump and so many others to be banned? Uh, you got to be playing with me if you don't think that there's that this isn't some sick game that's that's being played that that, um, you know, eight months ago was cr- was the exact same thing the other way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you said, it's it's a bunch of games. Right. And I think once once you understand. Right. I'm not put I'm not trying to push a plug for the left or for the right. Sure. You know, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, it's quite obvious that there are spins in the way that information sure. is presented to you. And there is a clear message or narrative that is trying to be painted right now. If you're, it does in the media, I mean, honestly, it does tend to be a little more left, sure. a little more liberal. And if you're a leftist or you're a liberal, okay, you know, cool. I guess the media is kind of, you know, maybe you, you like it, maybe you appreciate the way it is. Mm. You know, if you're on the right, you could see there is a bias. Right? But at the end of the day, you know, my purpose, our purpose in talking about this isn't necessarily to say who done it, who's right, sure. who's wrong. But is to help the, the listener understand that the media, they are trying to control the narrative. They're trying to get you to think a certain way. They're using certain language sure. to, to get at you. And and this is you know diving a little bit deeper into the the who's and the what's. This is a pretty crazy. It reminds me of a the way this is all played out. It reminds me of a pretty uh, 
pretty intense game of Monopoly when <laughs> when maybe Justin when your sisters gang up against you and and uh you know conspire to, to take all your riches from you I, it's it's reminiscent of that in that or settlers or settlers of Catan <laughs> yeah it's it's reminiscent in that in that you know okay sh- so sure let's say yeah Twitter can remove whoever the heck they want their private business go ahead so they do and their defense has always been we can remove whoever we want um i'm not going to get into the whole bakery thing and <laughs> the meme i sent you earlier but you can you, we can wow. get into <laughs> we can get into um you know okay we can remove whoever we want you can go create your own platform if you don't like it so people do and then you have other other platforms like parlor for example mhm who does have their own platform who does value free speech um and people are flocking to parlor so much so that they were the app was super slow and it was so hard to uh to, to navigate and and they were working with it and they they worked it well guess what uh twitter's some of twitter's friends over at amazon web services says parlor if you don't basically moderate quote unquote moderate your your uh your feed how we like it basically we're pulling you off of our servers and they give they give parlor like a 24 hour notice and uh parlor said no we're gonna go get our own server so i think parlor's down for the week maybe i don't know if they're back up yet i don't think they are i haven't got any notifications or anything and then as soon as parlor came out with we'll be down for a week or something then apple said if you don't moderate we're gonna pull you from the app store so it's just a it's a wicked game of monopoly here. It's like, okay, if you don't like it, go create your own platform. Okay, I created my own platform. Well, I don't like you, so my friend over there at, that provides your servers isn't gonna isn't gonna back you. And my other friend that lets you get downloaded on all everybody's phones, ninety percent of people in America's phones. Yeah. And Google, uh Google Play Store pretty much hopped on the boat with Apple, said the same exact thing. So it's So are there any mobile devices or platforms that you said it's Parler, right? Parler. Are there any devices that Parler is allowed on? I mean, Google. Who has another phone other than a Google and an Apple phone? Yeah, this <laughs> could be the Windows phone major comeback moment. Um, uh, Blackberry? Yeah. So I think you can still access it through um, a web browser. I haven't tried Parler. There's another website called Gab um, that is super duper slow right now because people are flocking to that. It's a website. It's not an app. Um, there's a couple different um, kind of messaging Discord-like things that i downloaded one's called telegram uh the other one i forget what the other one was that one's more of a messaging thing yeah but who knows if apple can do that to to parlor they can shut down any app and nobody can do anything about it you got what do you got to start your own phone company yeah just to get information out like it's it's wild so i i think that's what we're what we're we're starting to see as a cult i mean if we've seen it for a while but it's becoming blaringly obvious, mm-hmm. especially with big tech. That, likewise, the platforms that they've set up. Obviously, there's the court issues. You know whether it's allowed to censor people like that. If it is censorship, you know if a private platform can do that. Platform versus publisher. You know that whole debate. But it's pretty clear that most big tech companies do have a certain leaning or ideology that at least you know that might not be in full force yet you know but they're trying to 
instill right on their followers on their customers on the culture and it, it is you know more of kind of a left liberal ideology so once again if you're on the left you know it's it's probably not too upset with what's going on i think if you're intellectually honest it it, it should at least raise an eyebrow for you but here here's the thing too that i think a lot of conservatives are finding out that we're finding out the hard way is that so many of the platforms are built and so many of our avenues of communication and information transfer mm. are all built on these platforms that I mean obviously are, are left leaning but you know I think a lot of these conservative you know whether it's companies developers, politicians, I think they're really starting to realize the value of having to build something of their own. Right. Right. You could tell Apple, you know, Google, all these other companies, look, they're private companies, and I, I get that there's lawsuits going on in court about if it's allowed, whether they're publishers, whether they're uh, a platform. And while it is important, you know, I, I think this is part of I think this is an area of growth, especially for the conservatives and for the rights to build their own. Yeah. You know, because if, if you can have the rug swept from under you like this, I mean, imagine if we waited 10 more years for this to happen. Sure. Right. 10 more years down the road. Imagine how much more infrastructure sure. would be built on these platforms ultimately for them to fail. So, you know, I, I, it, I do think it is a bummer what's going on with the information being controlled. You know, I, I would say the same thing if it was conservatives trying to censor the left. Right. I, I think if most people are honest with ourselves, you know, everyone's kind of got a little bit of bias. And, you know, a lot of people aren't bothered when what they're saying or what they want to be said isn't censored. Mm -hmm. And they're not bothered when things they don't like are censored. Right. But I think this should be a wake-up call because if yeah. they could censor one person, they could censor another. And whether this is legal censorship, right? You know, it just means that we, as a culture, I think, have become too dependent, one hundred percent, on these platforms. I mean, mm. it's like you said: once an app is not allowed on the App Store, I mean, think about how much influence Apple has over the culture at that point. Sure. For me, the problem isn't censorship as much as wow, look at how much power this company has over the culture. Yeah. And obviously that power transfers into how they can influence the way we think as a culture. They can influence the direction, the philosophy, right. and the ideologies of the culture. Right? Twitter and Facebook. If you think about it, I mean, if you really step back just from a basic humanity standpoint, okay, you can't go on social media. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> but we have built so much infrastructure and so much of our information channels and so much of our culture on these platforms. Right. Yeah. Right, we have now found out why that was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what course correcting is going to look like? I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's going to be, I'm sure time will tell. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, uh, I actually wrote that down, is, is that we're so reliant on on the so, on social media for our, our news or our information. Uh, and, and a byproduct of that is not only not, you know, th this limbo area now where we're at of like, what do we, what do we, okay, I can't even create an app now, potentially, right? Um, there's that, but then there's the the part of like, 
even going down to these 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 quotes that we pulled out and and mm-hmm. even some of the quotes of going back to the president's speech the other day um i actually watched the speech live and it felt kind of like a um normally like the nfl when, when an athlete re- um enters the hall of fame or when mm-hmm. he retires um he'll give some kind of inspirational speech kind of more uh encouraging to those who watched him or you know keep fighting and, and keep keep growing keep believing in yourself kind of a very motivated and, and and when i was watching the president's speech i actually felt like inspired like it actually kind of like calmed me down uh, like oh okay things are going to be okay you know yeah. we're going to keep fighting for our rights we're going to continue we're not done um you know trying to you know basically it was inspiring it was hopeful yeah um and then seeing after the fact um and when i was watching it live i was watching the whole thing live and and the the guy, uh, charlie kirk was commenting on it and he called it right after the pro the, the riot started breaking out and people started breaking into the capitol he said you watch he, he, he said they're gonna twist everything on what the president said today mm-hmm. you watch and sure enough um taking things out of contest and my point in saying that is the problem with being so reliant on the media is that we don't even know where to find information ourselves yep um you know we encourage people not to even take our words for it go even these quotes that we we read today go watch them in context and see if you feel different about them go watch what the president said in context and see if you feel different about it but we're so so many people just let that news channel or that Instagram page or that Twitter feed from that certain person or news network give them tell them what to think yeah um and and now they're really they're really you know um <clears throat> excuse me really going for it yeah um and uh, maybe maybe uh you're more I feel like you might be more of a book scholar than than me um <laughs> uh, as we get to to a good point here I just kind of I, I wanted I was rem- I was reminded of everybody's been talking about 1984 uh, the book Big Brother and Fahrenheit 451. Did you read mm-hmm. that one? Yep, burned the books. Uh, maybe do you think on the putting you on the spot? Totally, totally didn't ask you to do this. Do you think you can kind of describe why those books are being kind of brought up nowadays and how that's reminiscent of what's going on in front of our eyes? Yeah. So the the whole those the topic of those books is kind of what we were talking about earlier. Is particularly in that those books, it's about the government trying to control thought. Mm-hmm. trying to control the culture of a philosophy, trying to control the worldview, trying to control the narrative. Right. You're seeing something similar today where big tech is trying to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite as intense as in those books yet, but that's the thing. Once, you, once you've crossed the line, right. if you go back through a history book and you see no one ever goes back, it's not like, oh, we started going that way. Oops, we're going to course right. correct. You know, we've already started down that path. Mm-hmm. The big tech has. Right. Right. Government. The government's relationship with big tech. I personally believe big tech has a bigger influence at this point than our government. Sure. Does at this point. Um, but it's all about trying to control thought. You know, now the government, especially the more left Democratic Party, they tend to be more buddy buddy with right. the media, with these big tech companies. Right. And so it, it all has to do with what you see, because you're talking about Trump's speech earlier, mm-hmm. right? I, I watched one of his speeches, and it's funny, I had to find a YouTube video from some British news 
source because none of the American ones were covering it. It's right. the weird, weirdest thing. And I was watching that, and I just thought, man, like if, if I were a Trump supporter, I would think that was the most awesome speech in the world, the right. most inspiring thing. If I hated Trump or if I was anti-Trump, I would think every word he just said was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and was an insult against America. Wow. Because we, as, as it's human nature, we see what we want to see. Sure. As objective as we try to be, as objective as I try to be, you know, as reasonable and logical as I try to be. Right. We all have certain biases and we all just have certain ways we want to see things. Sure. If you support Trump, it's going to take a lot of information and a lot of evidence to try to convince you that Trump, right. you know, isn't great. Mm-hmm. If you hate Trump, you know, you could present as much as you want on paper about all the good things he's done, but you're never going to like him. Sure. Or if you if you do, it's going to take a lot of convincing. I mean, Trump's the same guy. Trump doesn't change. It's right. two different perspectives, and, and we as people, we see what we want to see. And, you know, the, these companies, and the government's getting involved in it as well. You definitely see it in politics happening now. The big tech, I think, is more the leader. Sure. I think they're teaming up with the government, but they're definitely the big brother. Right. Literally, that's, probably, yeah. that's why I call it big brother in the book. <laughs> you know, and they're, they're trying to really form, and they're doing a good job you know, at forming the way the public sees things. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of research just about what's going on this week with the the riot at the Capitol, mm-hmm. the impeachments going on. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you want my personal take on everything that's going on, you know, today I was following some of the Trump impeachment trials and everything that's going on, and people have said, you know, this is Trump's second impeachment. And, you know, that that's like the thing that's got people riled up. You know, I have a lot of friends who are riled up about it. Yeah. And, you know, they feel like all their problems have been solved. But if I just step back, if I just kind of try to turn off my, my media right. bias, try to turn off all the input that I've seen, and just think from my perspective and from my world and how my world is impacted, to be honest, this last week of Donald Trump's presidency really doesn't affect my life at all. Right. Whether or not Trump is impeached really has no effect on my life. Maybe emotionally it does. You know, if you are seriously passionate about Trump and you believe that he has destroyed this country and that he is a threat, even having one more week in office, I think that's a bit of a stretch. But even if you believe that, if you look at your everyday life and the things that are affecting you, Trump's presidency really Mm. isn't something that's really affecting your day-to-day life. Right. What is? Right. Obviously COVID. COVID not only in the health sense, you know, where we're having to mask up, we're having to shelter in place, we're having to stay home, you know, our way of life is changing. You're also looking at the economy, mm-hmm. right, which is a result of COVID. I mean, that is a huge problem for us as Americans right now. Right. Exponentially bigger than Trump spending one more week in office. Right. Now, when you think about COVID, Right, you think about these problems that we're having from from the government response. Who's right. who's responsible? For the most part, tangible ground wise, you know, the president, yes. Mm-hmm. But especially Congress. Yeah. Right. I, I read somewhere it costs about hundred and seventy five million dollars to run Congress a year. A year it costs taxpayers hundred and seventy five million dollars. So if you think for the last eight months we spent hundred and seventy five million dollars for them to argue and be political and go back and forth for eight months 
to finally come back and say, hey, we're going to give you guys back $600 of your money. Wow. Well, yeah, if I were them, I would definitely want the narrative not on me as well. Sure. I would want it on Trump too. <laughs> wow. So when we're talking about your the narrative and censorship, you know, censorship for me is just kind of one piece of fruit on the tree, really, right. of just information. Is you as an individual, you got to detach and you really got to detach from all the emotion, all the hype. You mm -hmm. know, I get that. You know, Trump is a sore subject to a lot of people. I get that. I get that he causes an emotional reaction, right? When you, some people, right when you hear his name, don't say that name. How dare you say it? We don't say that name in this house. Okay. Okay. You know, I get it. You know, that's part of Trump's personality that comes with the package, right? You know, people elected him because he was a fighter, but that also is what makes him a turnoff for a bunch of people. I get it. But if you really want your life to improve, right, and you really want to see, you know, your, your situation better and you want to see things turn out better for your family during this time and for your friends and for the people around you, you got to learn how to detach from all the noise right. in this vortex that we talk about. Right. right. What's the big issue in government? It's not Trump. I, I get he's the most emotional, sure, yeah. but he's not the biggest issue. That this storm, people storming the Capitol, well, in all honesty, I mean, it is, it is a heinous act mm -hmm. for sure. You know, and they were trying to make a statement, but it's just a bunch of random guys, unarmed. I mean, they weren't going to get very far. What I mean, what was going to happen? Right. You know, if they were trying to overthrow the Capitol, it was it was a pretty weak attempt. It wasn't very well planned out. And while it is a big deal that they should do that, it is not affecting you putting bread on the table. Yeah. Right? It's not affecting your parents if they're going to get COVID. Right. And so... You know, I think moving forward, once again, we're talking about culture. We're talking yeah. about how you can influence the culture, how you can, you know, better your situation and how you can take all the information that's given to you and what yeah. you can do to lead and to make your life better and to make life better for those who are around you and how to stand up for what's right and to do what's right. Right. First thing you got to do is detach. You know, they keep they keep feeding you all this, this hype, all right. this alarmism over Trump. Not a big deal. Yeah. And I think you, you you touched on a few different things there. And one of the things that, uh, looking at, at the political realm, and then I'll kind of, I had something I wanted to touch on in the kind of individual world as we uh, move on. Um, it, these politicians, these people in, 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 uh, in the political realm, they're meant to govern uh, by the people, for the people. And that's important because if you are that emotionally influenced by any politician, then you've given them too much power. Yep. If your life is that terrible because that specific politician, if it's the president, if it's a senator, if it's the speaker of the house, if it's a Supreme Court justice, if it's the governor, if your life is that much more terrible, then you've let them have too much power. Yep. If both, they can take your peace, they beat you. Yeah, they both in a, in a actual physical, you've given them too much physical power as a politician, as a governor, um, and that needs to be addressed. And also, and or, um, your 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 mental real estate, your emotional real estate, you've given them too much power. No one person, especially, they're meant to govern 
by the people, for the people, based on the people they represent. Yeah. We elect them. We vote for them. We give them jobs. Um, and if you're if your life is that much terrible, that much more terrible because that specific politician is in office, I think you need to uh, get a better motivation and kind of readjust some things because got to adjust your of, diet. Yeah. It's funny. In the Bible, it actually says, I mean, this is an age-old thing. This isn't something new. Right. Like, oh, it's it's only happening today in today's media. It says, in Ecclesiastes, it says, if you see oppression of the poor and perversion of justice and righteousness in the province, don't be astonished at the situation because one official protects another official and higher officials protect them. Wow. The profit from the land is taken by all. The king is served by the field. Wow. That's Solomon and all of his wisdom. Mm. This is thousands of years ago yeah it's the same thing don't allow the politicians to rob your peace right yeah and you know in you some a note you wrote down here i'm just going to read it um you said you don't need to censor bad ideas in open discussion good ideas always prevail over wicked or weak ones yep. and you going back to the censorship um there used to be the idea of the town square right or I was reading, I was reading in in the book of Luke the other day where there's that story where Jesus was like 12 years old or whatever, and uh, his parents actually lost him, and he was in in the temple talking with uh, the, the the Jewish leaders and debating scripture, and they were amazed at what the ideas he was bringing and the, and what the things he was saying, and the way he spoke. Um, there used to be even in the church. Uh, in, in the temple back in back then, or, or in the Jewish sphere of influence back then, two thousand years ago, there used to be that room for discussion, that room for, I, I guess, debate. And like we kind of spoke on last week, when it's kind of frowned upon to talk about politics in church, and we can't even talk to our brother about, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, there used to be this 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 open um, th- this town square where I, where ideas were brought up and debated. And discussed and talk about and talked about and, and when yeah, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook may have been our platform for that, mm-hmm. um, and whether those thoughts are being uh, extinguished or not, that's one thing. But we still need to figure out a way to have these open discussions. Yeah, we still need to figure out a way to to discuss these awkward conversations and get to the bottom of it instead of letting so much of what we're what we think other people are thinking is influenced by whatever social media app i have open on my phone right now yeah um you know go out and talk to people asking them why do they believe what they believe you know asking somebody who you know having that awkward conversation with somebody who generally still wants to impeach the president with less than six days uh left to go in his presidency why do you feel that way let's talk about it you know that's something why why we say it every single week. Let's talk about it because hey, yeah, let's have those those awkward conversations. And and at the end of the day, the thing with censorship is the people that are that are censoring, that are doing, that are running the the, the behind the scenes of all these things. Um, you have to understand that they want to control the culture. They want to control what we what we say and what we do and how we vote, how we live, and it's up to you. Um, we can give them that influence. You can let them have that influence you in your life, or you could go out and find the truth for yourself. Yeah, you can form your own decisions and and opinions about politicians, about sports teams, about about that actor who said this crazy, did this crazy thing, or or whatever have you. But 
but like you said earlier, we got to detach from that, from, from, from the control. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be that, uh, you know, as much as we, we complain about social media, um, you know, what if we all detached from it or yeah. let it, let it have way less of an influence and went out and created some kind of town square or just had, you know, a night where you have people over, no TV going, no board games going, and you're just talking ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, what if we started to get back to that that part of society, that part of community? Yeah, definitely the, the one-on-one face-to-face contact. Right. You know, I'd also say, too, that, you know, as you do go about your social media or your news or whatever source you get your information from, it, it's so difficult these days to really find just pure... Mm-hmm unbiased information but i, I kind of have a few checks i mean i read everything i read stuff on the left i read stuff right. on the right i listen to podcasts on the left i listen to podcasts on the right i read stuff on the left i read stuff on the right for me i i find that i'm the best researcher for myself and for my my life and for my realm mm-hmm you know, I'm sure experts, you know, the experts, they've they've done their research on whatever topics they're experts in. But really, I am the best researcher for my life and right. for my sphere of influence. But what I've what I found is that, you know, when I'm starting to read information, I'm starting to consume information. I have a, a checks and balance system, I feel that mm-hmm. I've kind of set up where if something I read, if I feel like it's trying to make me afraid. Yeah. For me, that's a red flag. Okay, you know, this piece is trying to manipulate me. Right. If I read a piece that gets me to try to either hate an individual yeah. or a group, right, whether it's, you know, on the left calling all Trump supporters deplorables or whether it's, you know, on the right, you know, basically talking about how unintelligent people on the left are and how hostile, you know, if, if I'm starting to read something and all of a sudden I'm starting to feel for lack of a better word, bitterness towards a group of people, mm. right? Just clumping a bunch of people into a group and start comp- compartmentalizing. And yeah, I mean, literally bigoted, right? <laughs> right. People I've never met people. I don't know what their story is. I don't know the nuances and what they sure. do or what they believe. Right. If I start to feel bitter towards a group or towards an individual I haven't met for me, right. that's a red flag. Something's trying to manipulate me. I think fear, bitterness, and uh, anger, anger not so much because there are certain things that should make you angry. Yeah. Injustice should make you angry. Uh, when you see acts of injustice around the world, that should really anger you. Yeah. Uh, when you see people denied of dignity, you know, that should anger you. Wow. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's... Sometimes I feel like, I, I, at least for me personally, I mean, maybe my gauge is totally off and I just think it's on. Right. But I feel like I, I can sense when people are trying to manipulate my anger. I mm-hmm. feel like I personally have a pretty good hold on my anger. I don't know. I'll have to ask my friends. Maybe yeah. they'll say maybe they'll say something totally different. If I start to feel like my emotions are being played and manipulated, right. I, for me, that's just a red flag. Yeah. And when you actually start looking for those three things, you actually find almost everything you read is geared towards doing one of those three things. Yeah. All right. So you got to watch what you eat. In terms of actual news sources, mm-hmm. you know, where do I go for news to find like actual facts and right. actual unbiased opinions? Or even if they are biased, I still know that I'm getting like 
legit information. There's some facts in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't really watch mainstream news. Yeah. To, I, I watch it to gauge what the culture is saying. But when I go for information, surprisingly, I actually go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's a few people I follow on there where I could find information, at least for now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll see in, in a few weeks or a few months how many of those people are still standing. Sure. But uh, I've personally, I've found that going to Twitter and, uh, you know, maybe I'll do some research and I'll share some accounts on our next episode that I follow. Yeah. But uh, I follow, you know, some conservatives. I follow some liberals. I follow some some Christian guys on there. Right. I follow some, I follow everyone really just to get an honest assessment of what's going on in the world around me. So, you know, for listeners who are like, where, where can I go for news? Yeah. You know, everything's biased. Yeah, everything is biased. But for me personally, what I found uh, is Twitter, for me, has been the best source of news to really get hmm. several perspectives yeah. and information. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, re- I really think too. Um, you know, one note: there, there might be some people, um, kind of listening, and you know, hopefully, doing the same thing we did. Um, self-evaluating and like you said those checks and balances and i think another important note is uh in terms of conversation and and that thing opening that up that dialogue is um you know sometimes when i'm i feel a certain way or kind of like what you said i i feel either one of those things anger somewhat or bitterness um or, or something like that towards somebody you know i've never met i i i stop and i think okay why and then i think about how silly it is maybe even um, you know, let's just let's just take a real world example. Somebody you go to church with has very open, um, open uh, opinions, you know, about how they voted or about how they live their life, whatever. And because some celebrity you follow on Instagram has a has a, a an opposing opinion that just straight up calls out these these type of people and groups them together, um, like you were mentioning earlier. You now, next time you see see that person, you are now you now bitter towards them. Yeah, this person that you actually know that you see on a typical day to day basis, you become bitter towards them without even having a a conversation. All because somebody else that you've never met has told you you should feel this way. Yeah. Um. My point is, we're so easily influenced by that. And we avoid that conversation with that person when, like I said, when, when I feel myself kind of tipping the scale with those ch- checks and balances, sometimes I'll go to somebody that I admire and I respect and I look up to and ask them what they think about a certain situation. You, you know, so some of you guys sitting there are like, well, how do I check myself? Um, um, ask them, hey, help me figure this out. Yeah. Sit down and be humble. And maybe that that person on your Instagram feed doesn't know as much as you think they do. Yeah. Um, sit down. I do it all the time. I mean, even though I might not, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm surprised. I might not like what that person says that I ask them. I might not like the answer that they give me, but it puts me in perspective. Yeah. I'm um, especially being around godly men and women that I can look up to as older people who, who I let influence my life. Um, I, I think maybe so straight shooting straight, you know, I'd say go, go to people that you admire, go to people that you respect, go to people that, that you value their opinion and have that discussion with them. Let them kind of form, reform, and maybe even call you out on why you feel that way, why you feel towards so bitter towards that group of people. 
uh, and really get to the facts because I think if you sit back and look at the when it comes to the bitterness, the anger, and, and that, that checks and balances, that kind of scale we're discussing, you might not have a real reason to be bitter Yeah. as much as you think. You might yeah. not have a real reason to be angry or, you know, you might find that you might just feel that way because somebody told you to. Um, because you're not having those open discussions with the real people around you. Yeah. Yeah, I would argue that is the majority of the case, is yeah. you were told you shouldn't like someone, so you don't. Mm-hmm. I think we could take a lesson from kids. You know, I think kids and children teach us a lot about humanity. Yeah. Have you ever seen two children who are friends break off their friendship because one of them comes from a Trump-supporting family and the other comes <laughs> from a Biden-supporting family? Yeah. Oh, they're still out there just playing together, just having a blast, not worrying about anything. Right. I think we can take a lesson from children. Yeah. They don't consume the kinds of things we do. Mm-hmm. And I would argue they are better for it. And they are wiser for it. Yeah. So, yeah, watch what you eat. You know, don't allow the stuff you consume to change the way you think about the people in your life. You know, everyone's got a reason why they sure. vote the way they do. And the only way you're really going to address that and fix that is by talking and listening. Right. Uh, I would also just encourage as we close this is make sure you, you pay attention to issues that directly affect you. Kind of we talked we talked a little bit about it earlier today. But, you know, Trump's impeachment, I get that that's a popular topic and I get it's emotional. But, you know, you really got to pay attention to Congress, what Congress is doing in terms of COVID, COVID right. relief. You know what's going on in your local government. A lot of people don't, you know, they know everything that's going on in Congress, but they have no idea what's going on in their mayor's office. They can't even name the mayor. <laughs> right. And your local government actually wow. has probably a much bigger influence on your everyday life than the larger federal government in wow. a sense. So, so true. Right now, because of COVID, it, I think that's blurred a bit. Right. But, you know, make sure you pay attention to the things that really affect your life. You know, don't focus all your energy and stuff that has little influence in your life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Rad. You know. Well, so, you are what you eat. Not just food, but what you put in your mind, what you put in your heart. You know, so make sure you're putting the right things in your heart. First and foremost, obviously, you know, the Word of God. Right? Yeah. We read the Bible, pray that should be your guiding light says that there's a light to my feet and a lamp to my path Mm. and there's a dark and confusing times where there's a lot of information a lot of opinions a lot of people trying to control and tell you how to think you know the bible's gotta yeah be your light yeah and look at it through lens of what's going on or use that as your lens to analyze what's Mm -hmm. going on in the world around you don't allow the information you consume to make you think less of people yeah think differently than you wow don't allow it to steal your peace and don't allow it to discourage you from really leaving the mark that you want to leave sure on society and on your culture Mm. yeah and and you know hey and to those of you listening um in in light of our our uh you know battling censorship and trying to regain the public square um you know if you have any questions we want you to to message us you can send us a dm um on instagram you can you send it to our personal accounts. You can send it to, send it to the uh, Monuments and Movements Instagram page. Uh, you can also email us, Monuments and Movements at gmail Yeah, we can discuss. We can we can uh, shoot up your questions and 
discuss them and, and open up this uh this good old town square and have some conversations yeah yeah hit us up tell us what you want to hear uh but thanks for tuning into this episode of monuments and movements make sure you subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts amazon or wherever you listen to podcasts if you like what you're hearing please make sure you give us a positive rating give us that five stars spread the word and share the podcast with your friends and until next time peace, peace.